What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the Beer Barrel Podcast. I'm your host, Normal Volfan, and I'm here with KP, one of my uh, Kentucky guys. It's going to just introduce himself and talk about Kentucky, and I'm here with Sidelines UGA, where we're going to talk about the back-to-back champs, and can Georgia do it again? Let's see. We're going to talk to him and get his input. So uh, go ahead, KP. I kind of want to introduce yourself. It's your first time on the Beer Barrel Podcast, so it's kind of interesting, and let's see what you got to say. Yeah, I mean, I'm KP. Uh, on TikTok, I go by like Kentucky Plug, or my name is Zach, though. I'm 17. I make Kentucky videos on TikTok for the most part, and I post on Twitter sometimes. So that's really it. All right. I was invited by Astro to do this, and I thought it'd be a great idea. Awesome, man. I'm glad, glad to have you. Uh, Sideline, what's up with you? How, you know, explain how you got that position where you're at, and. Um, you know, where can people find your work at? Absolutely, guys. So it's it's an honor to have uh, be on the show with you guys. You know, much like KP, Astro is the reason I, I got on this show. He's kind of my Tennessee plug when I get in <laughs> interactions with Tennessee fans through Twitter and all social media. But uh, the way I got a hold of this account is, you know, I'm a, I'm a graduate from UGA. Um, sidelines reached out to me as they – you know, you can find openings for smaller schools right now and some professional teams. Um, Georgia had an opening, and, you know, obviously if you're a fanatic of college football, you're going to be on Twitter anyway. So I figured this was the best opportunity to uh, reach UGA fans, reach other fans, spread information, you know, talk talk to college football junk and, you know, live up to the passion that I do have for uh, college football. Awesome, man. Awesome. So – I'll get right into it. I really want to start with what, you know, Georgia fans are feeling this year. I mean, how could you not feel good about going back to back? Um, Are you afraid of any certain games worried about maybe Tennessee or even Kentucky? Because Kentucky could be something pretty good this year if Devin Leary stays healthy. And um, what, what do you like? Are you worried about even Carson Beck being, you know, going into the road environment that he's probably hasn't seen yet. So I'm kind of interested to get what you think on that. Absolutely. So, you know, obviously (laughs) coming off, you know, back to back, how we feel as a whole is pretty much what you're seeing through social media, through the Georgia side is obviously we're on top of the world. But with that being said, we're also getting kind of to that Bama point where, okay, if we go 12 and one and we don't win a natty, it's, it's the end of the world. So it, it has its pros and cons, but it's getting to the point where, you know, we expect to be in the college football playoff. We expect SEC championships. We expect to be in the national title. And, you know, a lot of those times it's not easy to do in this college football world. As you all know, anything could happen any given Saturday. I mean, we've, we've seen it a thousand times to where we could go into Columbia, Missouri, and be losing by two scores going into the fourth quarter and have to pull a rabbit out of our hat. And, you know, playing in this conference, especially with a target on your back, you've seen what it does to people. So the, our biggest worry really is, I mean, you hear it all the time, and Kirby doesn't just have the players brainwashed. He has the fans brainwashed is complacency. You know, so if, if, we, if, we, if we if we get, get over the aspect of, you know, oh, let's just sleepwalk into, say, at Auburn at the end of September or Kentucky or Tennessee or even Ole Miss coming to town, that's where you could see something, the SEC come into play and trip us up. But 
typically are for me personally, you know, and I think you could get the same answer for most of our fan base is the big ones we're kind of always hesitant on. And it's just based off recency is at Auburn's terrifying. It's a, it's a terrifying place for us to play. That place has some juju that it, it's undescribable and it's always never a given. And the Mark Rick era definitely uh, does not help with that, with the prayer and Jordan hair. Um, Tennessee, I mean, I, I love going to Neyland. It, it's an awesome environment. It's going to be loud. Um, season ticket finders of UGA kind of just found out that Tennessee is going to hold some Georgia tickets. So there's not going to be as many automatic Georgia fans in Neyland this year. Um, now, are we going to find our way in? Absolutely. But it's going to be loud. Tennessee is going to be ready. It's going to have to be, you know, we're, we're going to have to be sharp. But, you know, thankfully with Kirby, it's one of those to where you see a big game on your schedule, you know Kirby's going to be ready for it. He's not going to kind of be sleeping through it. Um, in regards to Kentucky, this is where I have a different opinion than everyone else. Kentucky has always been that team for me that I'm always worried about. Now, I know we have that 10-game win streak against them and whatever, but it is always the game on the schedule that I don't want them to be in front of Florida, and I don't want them to be after Florida because they always play so physical. You've got to worry about injuries, and it's always somewhat close. I mean, even last year, if you watched the game, the score was relatively close, and then when Will Levis started taking shots, it started to get a little hairy towards the end. So you bring in Leary, and they have the returning product of, of the wide receivers they got coming back. It, it's hesitant. Now, thankfully, it's in Athens, which kind of changes a little bit. But Kentucky has always been that team for me personally, and I, I think a few, friends, few fans agree that you, you can't take the Wildcats too easy or, you know, they'll slip up. I know, like, they kind of struggle here and there. They get hot and cold more than other teams, but – when Kentucky's on, it's a, it's not an easy fight. Right. And uh, I brought this up in our first episode. It's all depending. Like, Devin Leary cannot get hurt. If Devin yes. Leary gets hurt, it's it don't matter how good you guys are, you know. And I'm sure KP agrees. And I know Kentucky Calvary agrees. Yeah. If you lose Devin Leary, I mean, it's the same thing with Tennessee. If we lose Joe Milton, I mean, yeah, we got Nico, five-star, but. There's no guarantee Nico's going to be, you know, ready right now. Um, yeah. But, you know, and that's what makes me interested about Carson Beck. Um, obviously, he's a, you know, five-star talent, so I don't doubt his ability. It's more of like, you know, can he handle the pressure like in Neyland? Like Bryce Young handled the pressure. Bryce Young was unbelievable that game last year. And, you know, it's just – can Carson Beck do something like that? That's that's yeah, you know, that's my question to Carson Beck. Can he do that? And yeah. And, and and it's understandable too. I mean, Beck Beck is a redshirt sophomore coming back. Last year he had a seventy four point three percent completion rate, but again, most of that time was when the game was already handled. Um, so I would say that's a little bit of a worry for us, but again with with the offense we have around him and the type of players we have around him, and then you can rely on a top two defense, it, it kind of takes a little pressure off. Now, you know, we saw that with Stetson. I mean, I'm, I'm an advocate for Stetson, but I wasn't always an advocate for Stetson. 
to where he can they run the offense that helps them succeed. Now, I think you are going to see Carson struggle, but the good news is I don't think it's going to be Tennessee. Like, the, not, not what I'm saying is we play at Auburn first. I think that's where you're going to see a little bit of the road crowd get to him. You know, if Tennessee, if we played Tennessee in September, I would be a lot more concerned with him and how he handles it because it takes a special athlete. Like you said, Bryce Young is phenomenal. And it, it takes a guy like that to go into a crowd that is wanting nothing more than to upset you and keep it calm, not get your emotions riled up and whatnot. So I'm interested to see Carson Beck. Um, but off there, there, it's either a tale of two tales. He's either going to be a systematic quarterback and he's going to be ready to go, or we're going to go back into the typical Georgia form where we're having quarterback controversies between fans by week seven and see if Vandergriff or Gunnar Stockton can take the realm for the rest of the year. So it, it's, it's, that's the one position for us to where we, we never seem to, uh, mutually agree on who the best guy is well yeah i mean the way you explain it i mean he kind of reminds me of a joe milton because joe milton really yeah we've seen him he's like a six-year guy but you know last year last year his stats look great you know but all all that's at you know cleanup duties and the orange bowl and and Vanderbilt, I don't really count Vanderbilt because I expect Tennessee to you know spank them every year. But, yeah, you know, Vanderbilt. yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, it's he kind of reminds me of like how we feel about Joe. Can Joe like I, I'm not worried about Joe going into a road environment like like when we go to the swamp. I'm not saying it's a done deal we win, but like I am not worried about Joe folding under pressure in the swamp. Because I, yeah. I know this Tennessee team knows they could win. They're not scared of Florida. And I'm, you know, I'm very confident in them. But like I said, it's just like Carson Beck. I'm, that's the only questions I have with him because he does have the talent. Can he just bring it when he needs to? Because even you exactly. got to think about it, even when you get to the playoff. Let's say you're playing, um, I don't know, Ohio State, Michigan, or even LSU. That's going to be a pretty hefty thing for a kid that young to go into now let alone you guys do go to atlanta so he's pretty much a home game but you know what can he do i'm kind of i'm really interested in carson beck because i did my quarterback rankings everyone thought i was crazy putting joe a two and stuff but realistically if carson beck is who we think he could be i mean he could be a top three quarterback in the sec easily oh yeah and i mean with, with the areas around him you know like i've said if stetson bennett can go to new york for heisman if carson carson's obviously more talented than stetson now stetson had a moxie about him and the underdog and cinderella story that kind of drove him but if carson can just be an average at best quarterback we will be fine it, it's the scary or trying to force things to where we could get into trouble with him of, oh, well, I'm going to just try and sh like throw deep or see what happens, trying to fit it in the tight holes when he doesn't need to, or trying to force the ball to Bowers or anyone or love it. And that's, that's where you could start seeing the issues arise. 
Yeah, I mean, speaking of him though, like, what is 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 he your biggest worry? Because honestly, looking from the outside in, I don't know about any worries with Georgia because you guys have. I think you guys are the team with the most five stars on your roster, and um, like, what is your biggest worry? Like, is it is it Carson Beck, or do you even have a worry? Or you know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you like I said, I I just don't see any you know slumps in your defense offense or even the special teams yeah i mean right now the biggest worry amongst us down here is really i mean like you said it, it is going to be a little interesting to see carson beck and then the other one that is really just interesting for us is the injury bug with our running backs can can they stay healthy can andrew paul is coming back from an acl tear that you know he, he missed all of last year so he'll be a redshirt freshman Kendall Milton's back, but he always has hamstring issues. Um, Dejon Edwards is usually the only stable non-injury guy we have. And then you mix in some of the couple of freshmen we got. So my biggest concern outside of Carson Beck, because that's that's the answer you're going to get mostly from everyone is Carson Beck or the quarterback controversy um, would be the running backs just staying healthy. And then obviously, you know, we're, we're a little, we have PTSD a little bit about Mike Bobo. Um, so I know half of our fan base is really excited he's back. The other half is hesitant that it's going to look like the 2018 Auburn offense or the 2020 South Carolina offense to where it's just immobilized. But the bright side and the positives to take from that as well as he was under Munkin last year. He did help with the offense last year. And, um, he should keep the ball rolling. And I mean, it's not like a 20, 2011 UGA where you have one or two stars. I mean, you got all the toys in the chest to play with here. When you got that many five stars, like you said, it's it's really hard not to be, you know, not not create a plan that can succeed on the field each week. Yeah, and Bobo, he was he was an alum too, right? He's he played the what quarterback was it at a. UGA a long yes, time ago. Sir. Yeah, he, he was, was he was a, he was he was a quarterback at UGA. Yeah, so. I know it was like by when I was born. It was like 94, 95, one of those. Oh um, yeah. But I wasn't even a thought at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to see these coaches, man, cuz like you know, going off topic of the Bulldogs, but like look at Nick Saban, man, like dude's you know, pretty old and a lot of Bama fans think he's still going to be here for a while. I'm convinced if they don't have a good year, because they, I mean, dude, the West is stacked. Bama yeah. does have a tough schedule, and I just don't know if they're going to be that 12 and 0 team that all these Bama fans think they, they are. I completely agree. And, you know, if you do a little research, someone just bought a house down in Florida. So. Oh no, that's that's a vacation thing. That's like, bro, it's not a vacation thing. Time with might Saban, be for I think. Saban. Go ahead, Katie. With Saban, I think that if he does have two bad years in a row or two years where he does underperform, I think it will lead to his retirement. Well, yeah, because... I mean, well, what do you call a bad year for Nick Saban? Because Nick Saban is so expected. Nick Saban, yeah, go ahead. I'd say probably nine and three. I see. I, yeah, I was gonna say. I think a ten and two season is bad for him. Yeah, and that's crazy to me because everyone looks at like Josh Heupel 
if Josh Heupel went nine and three this year, everyone, a real, real Tennessee fan that isn't just a casual and just goes after the coach every year. That's a good year for Tennessee. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, yeah. But because yeah. to 10, 10 and two for Tennessee, 11 and one, that's, that's like, oh man, okay, he's, he's doing something special. Nick Saban better not do it, you know, because then everyone's going to be like, oh, is he losing his touch? I don't think he has because I don't think so. I think the SEC has just gotten so much better. Yeah. Yeah. But especially but the West. Go, talking about coaches, though, I mean, Kirby Smart to me, and I'm biased. I obviously I'm going to tell you Josh Apple's best coach, but realistically, I mean, Kirby Smart, dude, what a job he has done at Georgia. Like, oh, man, dude, he is incredible. And what, and not, not a lot of Tennessee fans will tell you, but Kirby Smart, man, like, the energy he brings, how he thinks, like even telling them how you're doubted somehow last year, like who in the right mind doubted the Georgia Bulldogs <laughs> last year? Nobody, but that's like a genius like plot by him to come in and say something like that, man, to, to bring Kirby home. And, and, and it was an emotional let go of Mark Rick. Our fan base loved Mark Rick, but it was kind of that situation of, I, I don't think we can ever get over the hump. Like, I, it's just always nine and three, ten and two. We're losing a game we shouldn't. We choke against Bama. Like, it it was it was heartbreaking to let him go. But the main reason that I don't think you know many Tennessee fans and Kentucky fans know is the reason we fired Rick was because South Carolina was about to hire Kirby Smart, and we all know how of a nightmare that would have been if he ended up in South Carolina. So. You know, that's, that's what really pulled the plug for us to, uh, you know, Rick to resign and Kirby take over. And obviously Kirby's taken full steam ahead. Um, you know, being an alma mater of a school, it, it brings the passion. And he, he is so fun to be around, and he's genuinely such a good person. I've had interactions with him throughout the years. Um, my dad actually played football at Georgia, so whenever they do an alumni thing, you know, Kirby takes his time to talk out to each individual and go through all of that. Um, but man, the energy is is so much fun. We went from, you know, a cool, calm, collected guy to, like you said, a, a guy that it will get in your face. He's going to he's going to talk to you the way he needs to to get the best out of you. And he's the I mean, he, he's arguably one of the top five most, you know, enthusiastic people in, in the college football world right now he he's going to get up there and the leaked halftime reports are always the best when they come out i mean the one against florida where you, you can find it anywhere he's just going after it. and you know with with him being an alumni and a lot of the coaches along with bobo um mcclendon as well them having that georgia tie and going through it brings so much more to the table and i feel like they can connect a little bit more with these players. Cause I mean, they, they did the same thing. I mean, they know what these rivalries mean. I mean, going down to Jacksonville and beating Florida or going to Auburn and getting ready for that, going to Neyland and getting ready for that. You know, they, yeah. they understand that and they can get the best out of their kids. It's not like you're just casually going to an SEC game. They know what in between the lines of what that game means for them and for the university. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think Kirby Smart is just like his last name, dude. He is smart, and the defensive mind he has. Because I mean, I get it. You know, Tennessee didn't play their best game when we came to Athens last year, but Kirby was ready for that game. He, 
I guarantee oh, you he yeah. had that shit, you know, circled and, you know, ready to go when they came to town. And I mean, look at it. He was, be- I mean, he was smart. You look at it. He uses Twitter. Go on Twitter going like, hey, I want you guys to be loud. You know, like that's, that's what someone should do. Like Josh Eipel needs to use that for Tennessee, especially for like me, the biggest game, like to me is Texas A&M because I think we're going to spank South Carolina just because of our defense is going to be better than last year. And then um, it's just a revenge game. It can't really get worse than last year. Exactly. That's you're exactly right. And um, any Tennessee fan is going to tell you that they're not coming into our house and beating us. They're not, especially after the game last year. They knocked us out of the playoffs potentially, and uh, they're not coming into our house and beating us. I guarantee you that 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 game is circled on Josh Heupel's calendar. And if Josh Heupel oh, yeah. could put a hundred on South Carolina, he's going to. And oh, yeah. uh, it, it's just, and I'm not saying Spencer Rattler is one of the biggest question marks in my book quarterbacks because every South Carolina fan's like oh look what he did to your team it's like bro after before that he didn't do shit all year like you know it's it's crazy to me but yeah, um South Carolina was one of the worst quarterbacks in the SEC I, I like to take KP I'm serious like that is <laughs> I, I think I think potentially like a Peyton Thorne could be better than him and it's it's just the inconsistency it, it's it's he's got the talent but he's so inconsistent. Like, look, he had the Oklahoma. He was on Oklahoma. He could have. He could have destroyed that league, but he couldn't even do it in the Big Twelve. Like, who knows? But um, anyways, I do want to. That team that you just don't know. Yeah, and, like you just and don't, don't know what hey, about man. Yeah, I'll give all credit to Shane Beamer. Like Beamer is doing a good job there. But I think if another job comes about. Hence, if Alabama's spot comes about, I don't see why Shane Beamer doesn't reach out. Oh yeah, it's it's a stepping stone job, you know. And I know Gamecock faithful like that, but it's one hundred percent a stepping stone job for now. Yeah. Now I do want to ask you. It's kind of off topic, but it's about the Georgia lineman, and I think you know what you're talking like what I'm talking about. But I want to talk about Tate Rutledge. And what he said um, on uh, the pot, well, I think it was a podcast, uh, Real Talk Georgia, was that it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote him. He said, "Neyland Stadium. No offense to Sanford or Georgia fans, but Neyland Stadium is the best stadium in the SEC." And quote, "That's 112,000, and it's a bowl right on the river." I mean, as a Georgia fan, do you are you shocked that he said that? Not really. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, Neyland is a really fun place to go. Um, it's it's a fun atmosphere. What the renovations they're doing is unbelievable. Um, and you know, Tate. I don't know if you followed his recruitment coming up. He was a diehard Tennessee. I mean, diehard. He had the power team. He was ready to go to Tennessee, and, you know, he decided to finally switch over to Georgia. But he, he was born and bred to be it, to percent about Tate. You know, Neyland is a special place. With him being a Tennessee 
fan growing up, you know, it, it surprised me. Now, some of the fans, obviously, they took negative to it. You know, everyone wants to think their atmosphere, their university is the best, but sometimes you got to be realistic. Tennessee's loud. I mean, George is getting there and Kirby's changing the culture to where it's not the tea and crumpets crowd. And it's getting, you know, new music, people filling the stands constantly. Game, it's sold out. It's ruckus. It's loud. It's hard to play in. I mean, as as our home record has shown the past four years. But again, you know, you will always have the swamp, Death Valley, Neyland, to where, you know, those play. And our, our players and our university and our students love going there. It's a fun atmosphere to be a part of. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I mean, even KP will tell you, I mean, Kroger Field ain't no joke either. I'm, I ain't sleeping on the Kentucky game. Like I said, it all depends on what Kentucky is at that point of the season. You know, like I said, if if Devin Leary is hurt, sorry, KP, Tennessee is going to roll over Kentucky. But if Devin Leary isn't hurt, I think that's going to be a better game than last year. I mean, how can it not be a better game than last year, especially being I mean, at not, Kroger Field? It's really low bar. And I'll elaborate on that more. If our offensive line is anything like it was last year, you guys are going to stomp us. Our offensive line was miserable. Yeah, and, and that's a worry for Tennessee, too. I mean, we have the veterans coming back, so I'm not really worried about our uh, offensive line this year because, I mean, Cooper Mays, it's Cooper Mays. I mean, he's he could breathe that offense in his sleep. Um, same thing, I think John Campbell is going to be really important for Tennessee at left tackle. Um, they're still trying to figure out who's going to be our starting left guard and our right tackle is still not decided either. And then you got Javante Spragans, who's, I mean, he's got plenty of time under his belt to where I'm not worried about it. And, um, we'll see. I mean, same thing when Georgia comes to town, man, like they're going to bring the heat. I mean, they did it last year. They're, you know, they got to protect Joe to have any opportunity to, you know, beat Georgia in Neyland because like, Hey, Hey, I think if we beat Georgia at Neyland, it might be crazier than the Batman game last year because that's the SEC East. If everything goes right, that's the yeah. SEC East. Assuming y'all don't lose another game then. Yeah. Right. Exactly. East. Well, the, the biggest thing, the biggest game I'm worried about before that game, obviously like I, I wouldn't be shocked if we lose the Batman and Tuscaloosa. But like we need to go, we need to win the six games before the Alabama game to, you know, be confident to get to that point, you know, when Georgia comes to town. But um, yeah, you know, I want to roll into another question for you. Now I know you guys got some sick transfers this year, um, between Dominic Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas, but is there any guy that, you know, someone that doesn't follow Georgia the way you do that do you have a more important transfer, you know, that might be slept on in a way? So really, I mean, it's always tough. I know everyone's heard about Dominic Lovett and Ra Ra Thomas, but if you look at it, those are really the only two guys we got from the transfer portal. Now we did get Lanef from UT and we got Smoke Bowie from AM. My sleeper would have been Smoke Bowie, but dismissed from the team back in June. So really the only three transfer guys we got are Lynette from UT, Dom Lovett from Azou, and then Ra Ra from Mississippi State. Um I'm I'm really excited for Dominic Lovett. 
man. He he torched us at Missouri. I've seen what he's done in the SEC. And, you know, when you add a guy with that much, you know, player ability and the, always the consistency that he's already been in the SEC, he's already done it against other teams, I, I'm excited to be a part of this. You know, I think that's going to be full in the void of A.D. Mitchell leaving us for Texas. I mean, I think he's going to be that guy that kind of just steps miss a beat there. Yeah, I mean, between – I mean, it's kind of not even a relevant question at this point. I kind of got your answer from that. But uh, between him and Ra-Ra, who do you think will have a bigger impact? Do you think I, – I don't even know if Ra-Ra will see the field as much as love it because uh, what's that kid's name that uh, Bennett used to throw – like he threw to him all the time and he had like a breakout year last year? Lad McConkey. Who you got yes. McConkey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That dude's that dude's not because obviously we're going to talk about Brock Bowers later, but um, McConkey, that kid's a dude. I don't care what anyone says because I was he a walk on? He was not, but he was like a two star. I mean, he, yeah, he that's what low. it was. Okay. Yeah. And look at him, man. Like, dude's a, he, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of like a Wes Welker. That, that, that's that exactly little, what I was going to say. He reminds thing. me exactly of him. Bro, and like I could see him. Type yeah, yeah exactly, good. exactly. That's a you know, and I think, I think he could make it to the league, you know, and just be that guy because, I mean, why not? I mean, look at what he's doing in the SEC. So, kind of interesting to talk about, you know, um, but, but yeah, I just don't know if, um, like I said, it's just coming back to Carson Beck, man. Like, if Carson Beck. Yep. Shows that little talent, man. I don't know if anyone could beat Georgia, and I, I at this point I don't think anyone could beat Georgia, other than Tennessee, and that's only because it's at home. But I'm still giving yeah. the edge to you guys. I'm I just saying that, opportunities for trap games, though. Oh yeah, I mean Kentucky's like, a trap game. I agree. Oh yeah, I don't care so if it's at Auburn Athens or not. Yeah, yeah. When do you guys play Auburn? You play in week five, don't you? Yes, Auburn. Like I said earlier, is is my biggest fear. I mean, that place and Hugh Freeze was the one trash person I did not want to go to Auburn because I know what he's capable of doing. And if he if he can just somewhat, and if Auburn faithful and that clan or whatever they got there, give him time, Auburn's going to be a pain in our side. Oh but, yeah, dude. I mean, he he. He's already proven it. I mean, he beat Saban at Ole Miss, and Kirby was the defensive coordinator when that happened. I mean, he's already proven to where he, he can be a nightmare for us coming in the future. Now, like you said, I mean, I said earlier too, Kentucky's a trap game. Um, South Carolina comes to town the third week, so I'm not necessarily worried about them. Um, the main ones that we have circled are obviously Tennessee. Auburn, and then I would mix in maybe Ole Miss. You never know what Kiffin's going to have. Yep. I mean, you just you, there's always such yeah. a question mark. Oh yeah, uh, I mean Lane Kiffin, like I, to me, he kind of thrives in those games where he, no one suspects him to win, and it just, they just show up somehow. But yeah. uh, do you have Ole Miss at home though? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, and that I mean I'm going to like that's a question for me because I. I'm not. I'm not the guy that's gonna say you guys have a cupcake schedule per se, but I mean, if you look at even Alabama's schedule, dude, like we were talking about before, like I just don't know if 
you guys played their schedule, that little stretch they have in the middle would be rough, even even for Alabama's sake. Yeah. You know, so I'm kind of curious on what you think. Like you said, you got – and you play at Auburn, don't you? Yes. So yep. the way I look at it is you guys really don't have – I mean, you have a couple big games that, you know – can alter a season because what happens if Georgia goes in and loses to Auburn? Uh, you know, does like a kind of a what Bama did last year where they lose that game by three points, two points, you know, like it, it could happen. And oh, yeah. a lot of and a lot of Georgia fans don't think that, but I mean, I think you said it before. I mean, college football, man, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like it. It could surprise you. I don't know um, about you, but my like my dark horse is Kentucky. I think Kentucky. Oh, yeah. If if Devin Leary is who Devin Leary was two years ago, I don't care who he's playing against. I'd, I'd be worried, especially yeah. with Barry Barry and Brown and um, Ray Davis from Vanderbilt. <laughs> like like KB said earlier. I mean, is if their offensive line could hold up, I'd be I'd be worried. But like I said, you know, you guys are playing them at home anyway, so you have that little advantage. But, um, and and I believe that Kirby's going to be asking for crowd support that game too, because at that point, I mean, KP, you agree? You guys should be five and zero, four and one going into that game. Probably five and zero. I don't think we'll lose to Florida or Vanderbilt. Well, if you guys lose to Vanderbilt, I'll never look at the end of it. <laughs> well, we lost to him last year, but no, I, I know, but I'm saying like, uh, this, and I mean, KP's in our little group chat, uh, UGA, and the we're we're gonna have a Will Levis episode because us Tennessee fans think Will Levis is uh, dog water, and um, so <laughs> if you uh, ask Smokey, he'll tell you he's uh, he's got some stuff ready for that, but I think Devin Leary's the real deal. To be oh honest. yeah, and uh, but but yeah, um, now I do want to ask because I'm kind of curious because I you know I'm friends with a lot of UGA fans, but I never really asked them this. Who's the team you hate the most? Do you think you know? Do you think Georgia fans would agree with you with what you're about to say? I this is where it gets very like different on the age of the fan you ask. So. The way I see it, I mean, you're going to get the same top two no matter what. You're going to get Auburn. You're going to get Florida. Personally, I, I, I believe it's Florida. I can't stand them no matter what. I hope to God they go 0-12. I would not mind seeing their stadium catch fire again. That place, You know, the, there, there's absolutely nothing I like about the University of Florida. I mean, the colors from the fan base, the colors, the stadium. I mean, it, it's just – the colors might people. be the worst combination I've ever seen. It, it's horrendous. I, I it. And and, I and the hope they have, and they're trying to, you know, gaslight a, a Big Ten quarterback was just abysmal, <laughs> is hilarious to me. But, you know, that's that's also why, you know, Jacksonville is always so fun. It's because we genuinely hate each other. Now, you can ask other fans, though. So, like I said, Auburn and Auburn and Florida are going to be your top two most of the time. Um, Who's the dark the older? The older part of the fan base is going to be Georgia Tech. Really? So a lot. Oh, yeah. So I mean, they, are, they, I mean, they, they can't stand us. 
I mean, wow. the rivalry games called clean old fashioned hate. They hate us, but they're like that redheaded stepchild to us. We don't you guys hear anything. Last. Yes, every year. Yep. And you're at Georgia Tech this year, but I mean, how is it not a it, home game though? Really, it is. I mean, even Georgia Tech. If you buy season tickets for Georgia Tech, you can't get Georgia tickets. So Georgia Tech even changed their whole season tickets because what Georgia fans were doing was buying Georgia Tech season tickets, getting that game for cheap, and selling the rest. So we we turned turned Bobby Dodd. Oh, yeah. But now you have a single ticket package for UGA, and it's like 140 bucks to go see us beat the crap out of some nerds and turn around get ready for the SEC championship. You know, we were talking about it in a Twitter space last night, and uh, there was actually a Georgia Tech fan in there, and I was kind of shocked. But, um, you know, I heard they're doing a lot of good things. I'm not saying they're going to beat you guys, like, by no means. But I heard they're doing a lot of good things down there. And because you go back in the day, Georgia Tech was, was something back in the day. Huge. You know? Yeah, I'm and, huge. And, and that's I, why I would love, I would love to see that game be, like, you know, something that, someone wants to watch again because like yes. you said, you guys hate each other and I would love to see that, you know, 28 to 21 game, you know, that hard fought game instead of like a 52 to like three type game, you know, <laughs> yeah. cause that's what it's going to be. I mean, I'd like to see it, that rivalry it, become competitive again. That would be really it's fun. Got, to see. Yeah. It's gotten to the point though. Like I said, for your exact reasoning, tech used to be really good. And that's why like, older part of our fan base they can't stand each other now you ask someone like me or someone that's graduated in like the 2010s and up that's just another game that's a that's a prereq game to where they might fall down a little bit lower in the list now recency bias you're going to ask some of the new georgia fans and they're going to say bama well Bama's not really one of our rivals they're just one of our quote-unquote rivals of national championships and you know they're always the team that has our number um and then the question i know everyone's thinking about tennessee georgia is you know honestly from most of our perspective in football terms tennessee would probably come in at like fifth yeah and i don't Um, doubt it because i mean we we don't dislike georgia as much as like florida we hate florida and we despise bama but like I I wouldn't say I hate Georgia. Like I hate some of the fans on Twitter, dude. Exactly. Like some of them, exactly. some of yeah. them are just crazy, and most of them are burner accounts that got like ten followers, and they just start talking yep. so much smack. And it's like, bro, like get out of here. Like you're you probably yep. just started watching, you know, two years ago when you guys won two national championships. Oh yeah, now the Tennessee Twitter would definitely rank. You know, Tennessee Georgia Twitter would definitely be top two. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. We, I mean, we go at each other so because, as y'all know, Tennessee Twitter is an undeniable force. And now that Georgia has a couple of wins under their belt, we're the only team that can kind of talk back. And yeah, when yeah. you talk back, man, it, it gets. I, I've me personally. I mean, you can go, you can go check the receipts. I, I've spent multiple days with some Tennessee accounts of just back and forth, back and forth. You're like, dude. I gotta yeah. go to my regular job, man. I, I gotta put my phone on personal for a little bit. Yeah, yeah so, you know, but. and I don't think that'll ever go away because, and that's it's going to Tennessee, you know, and Josh Heupel with what he's doing with this culture at this team. 
I just don't see, especially with it. Once we got that postseason ban, like out of the the air with Tennessee, I think next year you're going to see Tennessee really pick up on the recruiting side because dude, we got, I think we have five, five stars in state and a lot of them are Tennessee fans growing up. So, I mean, just think about how crazy that could be by Tennessee, you know, turning the table and getting a top five recruiting class, which we still can this year. But I mean, we have a lot of, we got to have a lot of pieces fall into place because, you know, I see, um, I see like Jordan Ross and Danny Okoye coming to Tennessee, hopefully. Um, and that's just the beginning. I mean, we got a couple on the board, you know, to see if we could snag, but to keep up with Georgia, because Georgia, I, Georgia and Bama should be one and two in the recruiting class every year. They are, they are the teams that shouldn't move. Like if, if Georgia had like a top six recruiting class, like if they were six in the recruiting class, I'd be worried, you know? So yeah. it, that's, and that's another thing Kirby smart does. And he don't joke around too. I, I've seen the, uh, you know, some recruits talk about it and uh, what was, yeah, no, it was Tate on that podcast where he said, if you come to Georgia, <laughs> Better, you know, you better be ready to like practice. You ain't going having fun, nothing. Like you are, hundred percent football. Oh yeah, and and, and I, mean, I love that honestly. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, that's also why you go back to the question of the transfer portal. We don't really pick many guys up each year from the transfer portal. I mean, if there's a stud like a love it that falls into our lap, we're gonna take it. But we really rely on our recruiting classes. You know, and one of the main statistics that y'all are going to see this year, and which is why we're one of the favorites again, is that 2020 recruiting class, of which are rising juniors this year, of those 20 guys, 17 of them are still in our program. You know, yeah. and they're reasonable yeah. guys. Samuel Mondin, Jamon Dumas Johnson, like they're, they're all coming back and they're staying. He has them buying into the culture to where it, it's tough to beat. You don't have to go out and look at the transfer portal when you, when you got those type of studs staying in your program. Right. I, and that's what I was saying, man. It's just like, I think you guys had, I can't remember the number. I think it was like 30 is 30 plus five stars on that roster. That's nuts. Yeah. That's insane. You know, like, and it, it that's how, you know, you got to ask. It's like, how how do you stay competing with Georgia? You know, like it's it's kind of really tough to do when you have talent on your roster like that. People are talking about A and M and having that like having the talent on their roster. I'm like, bro, look at Georgia. Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, their their roster stacked. If 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 Lovett gets hurt, they have another guy that could come in. Maybe not better than him yep. and have the experience, but they have a guy that could come in. You know, oh, yeah. And I'm so and the biggest thing I think about, you know, and I always we laugh about it is, you know, you watch the Shane Beamer press conference from two years ago to where he's like, you know, it's a, it's a little tidbit. And he's like, well, he's got five hundred thousand five stars. Well, when you when even your special team is lined up and you got eleven five stars, it, it makes a difference. I mean, it really does. And to have that depth is un, unreal. I mean, it's the same thing Bama was doing from 2009 to now to where you're facing a kickoff guy and you got Bo Scarborough running at you. Like <laughs> it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And now I think, I think we could all agree on this. I want to talk about the guy on your team. Brock Bowers guy is the guy 
No one's like him. He is probably my number one player in all of college football this year. I think he could easily be a top five pick in the NFL draft. And my question is because the dude's obviously a dog, literally and you know figuratively. Um, the dude had what nine hundred and forty-two receiving yards in twenty-two, and uh, even he had like eight hundred eighty-two in twenty-one. And I am not going to be shocked if Brock Bowers walks away with over. I'd even go crazy and say eleven to twelve hundred yards this year. A thousand yeah, yards. I mean, is not out of the picture for him. Yeah, dude, he's, he's going to be around that line. I mean, that dude is – he's one of those athletes that come through college football and you're just he, – he's a freak. I mean, he's hes that guy. And he started doing it his freshman year. I mean, I remember, you know, I went up to Charlotte to see Clemson and we played against them there. And he started to get a little bit of a role, but obviously Clemson's defense was legit. And then, you know, we played UAB the next year and he just catches a 10-yard out and he, he – to an 80-yard touchdown. I mean, he turns on the Jets, and this is a guy that in high school he played running back. So now, even as crazy as it sounds, he's taking some running back reps this spring for Georgia. So you're going to see some formations to where you got Brock Bowers lining up next to Carson Beck in the backfield and taking off a you know an outside counter or a screenplay or something like that. So. He's one of those players, man, that you can just you, – you put him in an offense and you are so thankful you have him and you're so thankful you don't have to face him because he, he's a unicorn. I mean, Yeah, he, and I'm, one of I'm trying to find his, his uh, 40 time because, like you said, I mean, the dude's got jets, dude. And, I mean, for a guy 6'4", 240, that's, that's nuts. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't want to tackle him, especially being no. like a DB who's 5'10", like, you know, maybe like – 200 pounds <laughs> yeah no thanks no thanks and, and that's what makes him so hard i mean who are you gonna put on him you put a linebacker on him he's gonna be open all day and if you put a corner on him we're just gonna throw a jump ball and he's gonna be fine there i mean it's it's genuinely one of those x factors to where there's not really an answer i mean and thankfully we have the other options around that if you do double team him Okay, now you're going to see a lad McConkey have two touchdowns for 200 yards, or now you got Dominic Lovett coming in, or Marcus Rosemary Jenks Singh. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can hear. I, and then, you know, you cut off for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I could still hear him. Okay. okay. But yeah, you, you got these guys now that where even if you take two guys and you put them on Brock and you say Brock's not beating us, he's still beating you because now we got another three or four five stars that are receiving touchdowns and we got, you know, running back that's opening up the gaps now. And so he, he is so fun to have. And, you know, as much as I hate Florida that I talked about earlier, I thought Kyle Pitts was going to be, you know, that generational tight end and it only took a year for someone to be better than him. Yeah. So, I mean, now NFL wise, you know, I, he's already getting, you know, how people take it and run with it. He's already getting those mocks of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Um, I don't know if he'll be on the Travis Kelsey level because that dude, that dude is a freak. I mean, that dude is awesome. Real good. Real good. But I I think he could be a top five tight end in the league. I just pray to God the Falcons don't draft him. (laughs) Yeah, dude. And that's what sucks about the draft kind of is, you know, 
he a guy like that is gonna probably go to a team that isn't that good. And yeah. it, it kind of sucks because like hey, I'm a Giants fan. I would love to get Brock Bowers. And I mean, we got what's his name? Uh Andrew Thomas. The mm-hmm. bro, that guy's a dog too. Uh yo, yeah. I'll take him on my Giants all day long, you know. So um yeah, I think he's a easily top five pick, and there's two top five picks that I think are guaranteed. Is and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers, and mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be shocked too if if Joe Milton has a year, and I mean like Heisman candidate year, he'll be a top five pick, and yeah. not because I mean he's got the tangibles. The guy could throw ninety yards if he could just get his placement down. Tennessee is going to be scary. Because then you got to stop Jalen Wright, you got to stop Dante Thornton, you got to stop Brew McCoy. I mean, we got to. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, squirrel. I mean, dude, Dante Thornton runs like twenty three miles an hour or twenty two as a six five, you know, two hundred fifteen pounder. And uh, then, dude, I have like this this theory that if I was playing like NCAA football, I would set up Dante Thornton in front. You know how we do those little. formations where we have the wide receiver standing like right behind each other yeah but you put dante thornton in front put square white behind him how the hell do you stop that <laughs> seriously yeah, it's that, like that you got to cover dante thornton who's fast as hell and he's six five and then you got square white just running a post and the kids just a lightning bolt so it's you know it's just interesting i think um you know talk about brock bowers though i'm going to tell you my hot take for the Georgia Tennessee game, I think he's not going to be shut at, shut down. He's not, but I think Tennessee's game plan is going to be Arian Carter, the true freshman, to be on Brock Bowers because I don't think I don't think they're going to give up Beasley to go because Beasley is going to be getting to the quarterback. He's going to be you know doing other things. You can't put Keenan Peely on him. I think Peely will get absolutely manhandled by Brock Bowers. And I'm not saying Carter's going to lock him up. But that's just my personal opinion. If it was me, I'd trust in my true freshman. The kid's 6'1", like 225. He's fast. He could. He's a leading. He's going to probably be our leading tackler this year, even though he's probably not going to start. And that's what I would do if I was us. Just, you know, trust in that kid. And, I mean, what else can you do? Because Brock Bowers, like you said, is going to do something. He, he ain't oh, going to yeah. stop him. And um, I'm kind of interested to see how that game goes because, um, like I said, I think Georgia should go 12-0. Can they lose a game or two? Yeah, it's possible. But it should go 12-0 and should go back to the national championship. Because I think, me personally, I think Georgia could could definitely do that three-peat because it hasn't happened since the 30s. Oh, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Hey, we get taught on ESPN all the time. Yeah. Minnesota and, was the last one to do it. See, now I'm starting to see that narrative of people saying, oh, I kind of doubt Georgia. You know, I'm kind of getting that doubt because it hasn't been done in so long. And I'm like, I'm like you're, you're kind of ignorant to think that because yeah. – I don't think Kirby has shown any weakness yet, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, you best believe that, you know, Kirby's taking all that, oh, it's never been done, all this, woe is me, and he's turning it into fire. 
No, he's, where, he's, you know, that's, he's that telling is them the same thing aspect. he did last year. Yep. It's because you know Kirby's taking that personal. But like people oh, tell him yeah. that he can't do that. Well, because he is taking it as a doubt. He's taking it and telling his team, like, yo, they don't think we could do this again. And, you know, if I was a player that was on a team like Georgia, I'm saying, okay, bet. And I'd be going and beating teams 40, 48 to the nothing every game. If it if oh, yeah. if I could, and like look at what they did to little poor the TCU, like <laughs> yo TCU did not belong in the playoff. I'm sorry, no. I, they had a wonderful year, and Dugan was great, but you saw it in the Natty, bro. Like Georgia wiped the floor with that team, and it, it, it's it's so funny though. Like I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I. I you know, I've been going to Georgia games since 2000. Um, when I went to SoFi Stadium, it, I've never had a more enjoyable game. It, it felt like a spring game for us, and it was the biggest game of the year. I mean, it, it everything we wanted to do, we could, you know, and it was just a nightmare. It was like <clears throat> the Grim Reaper showed up for TCU, and they had no idea what to do with it. And ironically enough, you know, the fans got the same treatment because even in an indoor stadium, it started raining on TCU's fans. Like it was just one of those days to where they they were extremely overmatched. Now, Ohio State, though, you know, thankfully I got to go to that game as well. And kind of going back to you. you. I mean, and ironically enough, right where uh, Ruggles' miss kicked was is where I was sitting. So I was in the middle of the Ohio State fans just loving life, and I'm trying to get the ball and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but, dude, man, Marvin Harrison Jr., kind of going back to what you said, that dude, that dude's a freak. I mean, yeah. he he's yeah. legit too. And yeah. I think Ohio State's going to be back this year. Now, obviously, they're in the same boat as us in Bama with the quarterback controversy, but – I think they'll be back, and they got they are the one roster that if they play us or they play Bama, I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know which way this is gonna go. Yeah, I I completely I always hate on Ohio State fans on Twitter. I love to oh, get yeah. them wild up, but like, I mean, I posted something a while back about what they would do against an SEC schedule. And I had a lot of lot of good feedback. I, I saw ten and two, ten and two, ten and two, which is good in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And me personally, you know, depending on whose schedule you put them under, like if they played y'all schedule, I could see them going uh, undefeated. Yeah, I mean, they would have yeah. a tough time with us, and they would probably have a tough time with even a, uh, I mean, maybe Kentucky. But like I said, I. Ohio State's a pretty good football team. And I don't think either team, Tennessee, Kentucky, KP will tell you, I don't think anyone can cover Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, especially our secondary. Because, like, bro, last year, Marvin Harrison Jr. would have destroyed us. He was, I mean, he he made Ringo's stock drop, I mean, completely. I mean, he... He was so... I mean, every, every time you looked, he was wide open. Now, Stroud didn't get in the ball that as many times as he probably could have, like, cause I know ESPN probably didn't even show it, but every single play that dude, that dude was flying open. Yeah. I mean, he, it was, it was a nightmare. I'm just yeah. glad we got through it. Now, uh, KP, you got any questions for him? You got any, uh, certain things you want to wonder uh, about? Um, I, I think he knocked it all out of the park right there. I think he 
explained everything pretty much. Yeah, man. I I definitely have gotten a lot of information from you. I really enjoyed this. Um, do you have any questions for Tennessee or Kentucky? Any concerns you want to know about? Oh, man. The one that I've been dying on because, you know, before I transferred to UGA, I actually went to a school on the Kentucky-Tennessee border. So I, I found a new respect for the rivalry y'all got. What is it? What is it going to take to get that beer barrel trophy back in form? Like, what? What do we got to do, and how can how can the rest of college football help to get that beautiful trophy so, back into a yearly basis? So the way it got taken away was obviously tragic. Okay the the reason it got taken away was the kids being killed, you know, and they took it away because of it being the the beer barrel. And um, the way I said was talking about it with someone was, you know what, like, why not use it as a positive and bring it back as a trophy, but you could bring in Tennessee highway patrol or the same thing, you know, Kentucky state police and have like a, a big thing about, Hey, don't drink and drive type deal and make it, make it a positive instead of taking it away, you can make, you can make it something positive and it brings, it'll bring the, that game back. Like the game hasn't gone anywhere. The game's still Kentucky, Tennessee. We hate each other, you know, all that stuff. But I think if you bring the beer barrel back, that's just like an, it's an in season trophy and you get to keep it all year. And like I said, you could turn it into a positive. Okay. And I think, like I said, I think that's the way you do it if they bring it back because I know they want to bring it back, but it's it's more of a how do you do it without, you know, causing issues, you know? Yeah. Yep. But who knows? I mean, I'm hoping it comes back because that thing's awesome. Getting to hoist that thing after a game, especially like, like this year, if Tennessee goes in and beats Kentucky and being able to – hoist that thing, you know, out of Kroger Field. Same thing with Kentucky. If they beat us, they could hoist it and they get to, you know, keep it at their home state. That's that's just cool. I mean, I miss those things that, you know, I'm kind of hoping they put it in that new NCAA game. Oh, yeah. And, but, yeah, and I mean, those trophy games, I mean, we're, we're kind of jealous of those. I mean, we, we have the ore for Florida, Georgia, or Georgia, Florida, and – you know, it's not really talked about. And then you got this weird trophy for when we play Georgia Tech, but that's really it. So, like, these trophy games that we all grew up loving to play in, like, NCAA 14, and you learn all about them, you know, we don't we don't have really many of those. So, other SEC teams that get it, I'm very, very jealous of. So, especially the beer barrel thing. I mean, I think that's so cool for them. And I know both schools take pride in it. So. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. Now, oh, yeah. I want to ask you one last question about Georgia and I want you, and we asked this at the end of our other podcast, really, who is the guy where you think that isn't, he's not that star that everyone notices, but who's that guy on Georgia that could, you know, turn around and have a great year. Cause like, and I told um Kentucky Calvary on our Kentucky podcast that uh, like to me, I think Joshua Joseph for me, I think he's going to have a great year, you know, coming off his true freshman year. And I think he's going to have a stellar year. 
So I'm kind of wondering who's that guy on George's team that comes out and goes, wow, and then maybe bumps up his draft stock drastically. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few names, you know, I got written down to about it. Uh, you know, the guys that you don't really hear much about, but that are either new or they're not, is one of them's Marcus Rosemary Jackson. I mean, that dude, he had the touchdown catch in the end zone against um, Tennessee last year, you know, the toe tap and the underneath mm-hmm. the goalpost, all that. He's one of those guys that you don't really talk about, but every time you watch him, he makes a good player. He just he always makes that consistent play. And when yeah. you got guys like McConkie and Bowers doing all their things, it kind of goes unnoticed. So he's gonna be the main one, I would say, on offense. And then defense, you got a bunch of I mean, you got a bunch of returners, but then you also have these freshmen and sophomores coming back that are might even start. I mean, you got Aguero at safety, who's the guy from IMG. He's a sophomore. He's taking first string reps, and he looks like he looks like a dude. And yeah. then you got AJ Harris, who's also a, he's a true freshman coming up. He's getting first string reps at corner, you know, to pair with Kamari Lasseter and all them. And then Jalen Walker, man, he's he's the one I'm excited about. You know, you got Michael Williams, who y'all y'all know who he is. Everyone, he's he was like the number two player overall. Got the sack against Ohio State, all that fun stuff. But Jalen Walker is another inside linebacker to where um, he he's kind of under the radar, but he's gonna be more of like the Monty Rice, Nicobe Dean type player, like the 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 true leader. And even he had he had his first interview the other day, you know, for with the media. And he's a he's a class act dude. I mean, he understands how to talk. He understands like he's not very, you know, cocky or anything like that. To where he he's one of those guys I'm really looking forward to see develop throughout the process under Kirby and his draft stock once he gets there. I mean, we all know Georgia's linebackers what they've been doing recently and how they're going to the NFL and all that. So he's one of the guys that might not be on the radar right now to other teams outside, but inside Athens we're really excited to see him grow now do you think you have guys that'll be as good as uh Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter Jalen Carter is another one of those dudes I mean the fact that he went 10th I understand why he went 10th and I, I won't get into all that but I mean even watching the preseason game I mean that that dude's going to be tough to fix and then on the outside of that, you know, our next guy in line was Bear Alexander, and he transferred to USC. So the defensive line, we have a lot of returners with Stackhouse, Lounge, and all of them, and then a couple of the new freshmen to where it's not going to be an individual, you know, standout like a Jordan Davis or Jalen Carter. It's more of going to be just a solid unit itself which is going to be a little bit more unique for people. There's not going to be that one standout guy. Um, And then the two linebackers you got returning, which is huge. I mean, with both of them being juniors and the SEC experience you got, that's that leadership. But you're not going to – I mean, it's really hard to fill the shoes of a Nolan Smith or a – yeah, you know, for sure, man. Jordan Davis or one like that. But you'll you'll see some guys that are flying around, and I'm sure by like week six, everyone's talking about them and all that. But at the beginning, man, it's just it's the one of the main years of the defense rehaul. You know, I, yeah. Georgia fans won't say this, but 2022 wasn't the year we were expecting to win. 
You know, we, we were expecting like a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 year, but we weren't expecting a national championship last year. This was the year after Indianapolis and we beat Bama that we had circled of, okay, these are the returners we got coming back. This is the type of production we're going to have defensively, and this will be the year. Now, obviously, with everything happening last year, and like I said earlier, anything can happen. Right. But this is more statistically one of Kirby's best teams, you know, offensive production, defensive returning, all the stars we got and the coaching staff there that every single coach that was on staff last year or every single coach that's on the staff this year was on the staff last year in some way short, you know, obviously yeah. losing Todd Munkin hurts, but every single person's back. So that's a huge help as well. So it's it's going to be exciting, but, you know, like I said, we have our high hopes, just like Bama, that if we go 10-2, and two, it's a, a nightmare season and someone better be losing their job, unfortunately. so Which won't be Kirby. <laughs> it will not be Kirby. Oh, no. no, he uh, – thank, thank God we're his alma mater too, so no one has to take him away <laughs> from us. I, I really don't oh, see him yeah. leaving. I, I don't want to talk some, about that. <laughs> I know some toxic Bama fans will be – Saying, oh, well, we'll just give him a blank paycheck and all that. I, I don't see no. it. No, hell no. Won't. I don't see him leaving Georgia for a long time. Probably not until he retires. And the craziest thing is, you know, he almost retired in 2020. That's like, crazy. he almost hung it up, guys. I mean, that, that's how close we were to restarting everything again. So, right. It, it, we, we were close, very close to being that nightmare season of, being Auburn's situation of having to find a coach every two to three years. Yeah. And now to end it here, I want to last thing I promise, cause I keep saying last thing, but um, uh, dude, I love talking college football. Don't like, I love talking about every sec team. Um, but uh, I want to go around the horn. Okay. I want, we're talking about Georgia. Um, I want to know what your season prediction is. Not every game. You can just give me a record. If you want to go game by game, that's fine. But I want to know, are you going to, you know, are you, would you put your mortgage down for this? For Like if you had to put a mortgage down for your record prediction, that's the record prediction I want. Okay. Okay. So if they do better, that's fine. You still, you'll, you're still fine, but I want a realistic, you know, like what, what games, you already said what games scare you, but like, uh, what do you really tr- truly think you guys you guys are going? Man, it's you know if I if I was gonna put money down and you know I won't get into the betting side of things, but if if I was to put money down on the season, it with all the things that are considering, you know, it's never happened before. All this junk, our schedule being easy for the most part, um, I would say eleven and one. You know, is if like if I had to book one down, I, I'm guaranteeing to get my money, whatnot, and all that. I, I would say 11 and one, just because like we've all talked about, and we're all fans of SEC, dude. I mean, it's it's brutal to go undefeated. I mean, it, it is oh, yeah. not easy to do. You're always gonna have those scares and whatnot. And again, playing at all, we play it two of the toughest SEC stadiums out there. I mean, you got Auburn and you got Tennessee to where. Both those teams don't really like you. We've had a ton of success against recently. I know we're taking a six-game streak into Neyland, and we're taking about – I think we've won 15 of the last 17 against Auburn 
to where they genuinely don't like you and they want nothing more than to ruin your season. So, mm-hmm. so it, it's not easy to do. So if I had to bank on it, I would say 11 and one. And I, I could see a slip up at one of those two locations. Okay. Now, uh, KP, I know. I, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was going to say, KP, I know you, I don't think 17, you can't gamble, but, uh, what, no, I can't. Yeah, what what what's your uh, thought on their uh, prediction this year? For Georgia? Yeah. For Georgia, I'd say safe bet is 11 and 1. I think they will. I think this is a season they will slip up just because they have that target on their back. Everyone hates them now. And especially as yeah. East teams that have lost to them twice in a row. They're not going to yeah. like them heading into Athens or wherever Georgia's going. It's going to be bad environment for them to go into an away game for. Okay, well, I want I want your hot take. What does Kentucky do against Georgia? Kentucky against Georgia? I'll give you a score prediction that I did, I think, uh, that I did on my TikTok and Twitter. I think okay. I had it 34 to 23, Georgia winning. I don't, I don't not like it. I mean, the way I look at it is, is Georgia's always going to be that defensive team. Okay, so like, mm-hmm. it's just how many points can they score, you know? And it's just like I said, it goes back to Carson Beck, but I think Carson Beck's gonna be completely fine. And but that Georgia defense, I mean, it held us to not even two touchdowns, right? So, yeah. and we were the number one offense in the land. So, like like we said before, and everyone will always say it is, you never know what's gonna happen in college football, but um. My my theory is is I truly believe that if Georgia slips up, it will be at Tennessee. Um, and it's really just the he, I'm you're lucky that Carson Beck's getting that Auburn game before us, like you said earlier. Oh yeah, because yeah. I was at the Alabama game, and let me tell you, it is loud. The fans don't stop. They, you know, the only time it's semi-quiet is when Tennessee's on offense. And, you know, even then it's loud. And they are going to let Georgia have it because, like you said, we do not like Georgia. And with all the hype, with all the fans, dude, like every home game is sold out already other than, like, uh, I think there's one game that's not. I think it's Vandy. But, like, it's going to be nuts. And like you said, especially if they're keeping those tickets away from you guys, it's going to be crazy. And oh yeah, I think uh, you know Tennessee has a shot. I'm not saying we'll win. Of course, I'm biased, and in my head, I'm saying yeah, we're going to go in and win. But I said we were going to win last year, and look what happened. So, um, what's the spread on that right now? Uh, let me look. Let me look. I think uh, I like last time. Yeah, I think it's you guys are obviously favored, but um, seven. I, I don't think it's much. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's double digits. I think it's seven ish. So, uh, no, this was last year. So, I'm looking. Let's see. If I'm reading this correct, it says um, no. I think this was last year. Yeah, this was last year. I don't see it on anywhere they on. They may not uh, have released it yet, or something. Yeah, they may not post it yet. Um. Yeah, but honestly, oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, twenty twenty three. It says uh, that can't be right. 
spread on. It says, it says Tennessee versus Georgia spread. Tennessee minus sixteen and a half. That's no way. Oh, that's basketball. That's Vegas, basketball. Vegas. I, was, I was like, there's no way, bro. I'm about to go hammer that. Oh yeah, me too. I'd be like, uh, yeah, sorry, Tennessee. Um, <laughs> yeah, all I see, nope. yeah, they definitely haven't released it yet because I, I don't see anything about it. I think basketball being sixteen and a half is pretty good though. Heck Against yeah. Georgia, yeah, Georgia, Georgia's basketball team ain't great, but we're, we're getting there. We're slowly, maybe three wins this year, maybe four. I just, <laughs> yeah, uh, I won't get into basketball because no, no, we're already no. hour fifteen in. But um, yeah. Anyone else have anything to say? I mean, like I said, I, I don't care. We could answer questions about someone else. Like I know UGA, you probably have a hot take about another team or something. That oh uh, man. One of the biggest ones for me, and I know I'll, I'll make it quick, dude, is I am beyond I, the whole cupcake schedule thing that we get. That's always in my mentions that we got to deal with. And, you know, we're, we're just as frustrated as everyone else. <laughs> you know, our, our home games are Ball State, UT Martin. We got Kentucky, Missouri, and um, Ole Miss. You know, for me personally, I already had my hotel booked for Norman, Oklahoma. I, I was getting plane tickets ready to go. <laughs> and now my destination trip for an away game is a 14,000 seat stadium in Nashville, Tennessee to go see us throttle Vandy. So I, I get the whole, you know, cupcake schedule. We're, we're just as frustrated as y'all. I promise that. And, uh, you know, but we, we got to play the schedule that we're dealt. So that's that's the biggest Hot take I got, and then um, my sleeper pick is definitely LSU for the yeah. West. I mean, I wouldn't even say a sleeper, That's, but yeah, I, well, they're expected to win this year. Like, unless Bama just comes out of nowhere. Like I said, Bama's a whole nother discussion because of their quarterback situation. Like, that's why Bama. I don't see them losing five games, like in a real sense, but they could lose five games this year. Yeah, like, oh yeah, their schedule is not easy, and. Um, but obviously it's Nick Saban. I think the lowest he'll go is nine and three, but they do have a potential to lose five sometimes and even six if you count Kentucky. Cause I just don't see Kentucky beating Bama and I don't see I don't us really beating Bama either. Cause it's in Tuscaloosa, but, oh, yeah. but yeah, like I said, it's a whole nother podcast for Bama. You know what I mean? But, um, uh, oh, yeah. but dude, Hey, I appreciate both of you coming on here. Um, uh, UGA, you know, again, where can people find, you know, what you're posting and, you know, you post anywhere else other than Twitter? Uh, mainly right now is Twitter. So if, you know, if anyone wants to follow any Georgia news or any, you know, the trash talk or whatnot behind that, you know, follow me at the, uh, SSN underscore UGA. Um, I'm going to awesome. try and start an Instagram post up, but with, you know, other jobs and all that fun stuff, it's a little oh, bit yeah. tougher to do, but, uh, oh, yeah. No, that's that's the that's where I'm at right now. But um, you know, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's you know, I I love college football, man, and I, I love talking oh, yeah. SEC ball with y'all. So let me know, man, if um KP, if you're if you're coming into the classic city when the Wildcats come in, you know, shoot me a DM. I'll I'll be sure to show you the the best of the best mm-hmm. we got down there. So and I'm normal ball, man. <laughs> I hope I see you in Knoxville. I know it's going to be a ruckus area. So, I'll, I'll hey man, re- reach out. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm a season ticket holder, so I'll be there. Um, so 
yeah, man, if you're you're there, I'll meet up with you and we could uh, you know, chill before the game for sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh KP, you could be found at on Twitter at Kentucky Plug and what was your TikTok again? It's just Kentucky Plug, same thing. Okay. So um yeah, so anyways, this is uh the Beer Brow Podcast. I'm your host and alongside sidelines uga and kp we appreciate you listening uh make sure you like and subscribe on youtube it's free um and rate us on spotify and apple Podcasts. uh i'm normal Vol fan appreciate you we love you and i'll see you on the next episode thanks guys